This is the Horse Radio Network. Welcome back to the Rain in Your Herd podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode where we will teach you how to harness the power of the internet to grow your online herd. I'm Laura. And I'm April. We can't wait to watch your business grow when you implement what you learn from the podcast. Whether you own a stable or a boarding facility, offer riding lessons and horse training, or are building an online membership for equine education, these tips can help you get more clients. Thanks for tuning in. If you're enjoying the podcast, please, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. If you share your business name in your review, you just might hear it in a future episode. Welcome back to Rain Your Herd podcast. We are so excited to be back. I know we had an unexpected break um, this fall. Laura and I have both moved, and I am expecting. So there is a lot of fun things happening in the past few months. I am currently in my second trimester, and we're excited to have a baby in the end of June. So we won't. We don't know the sex yet, and we won't know that till February. But we are pretty excited, and we are happy to be back in the United States. So. It's been kind of fun. It's very exciting. It'll be the first, the podcast first baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as we went into the holidays, we were just realizing that April was sick and exhausted and I was still trying to move and it was all just a little bit too much. So we yeah. took a little break on the podcast, but we are extremely excited to be back with you today. Mm-hmm. Yes, and today's topic really sets well with like what we went through. So we were just being real with ourselves, like we just don't have the time. So let's take yes. what needs to be off our plate and take it off. Yes, that is exactly what we did. And that is just a beautiful example of the seasons of um, a little bit later in this episode, we're going to talk to you about taking some stuff that's not working off your plate. And when you do that, it doesn't mean it's forever. Um, for us, it was just a short, maybe it was 90 days, not maybe even less, 60 days. Mm-hmm. And we're feeling so much better about being back. So just because you're taking something off your plate now doesn't mean it'll never come back. But it's a very healthy thing to do when it's just not working for you. Exactly. Um, so today we're pretty excited to talk to you about kind of what we're expecting in the marketing landscape of the horse industry for 2021. It's a lot of Basically, there's no longer BS marketing. It's not going to work. It's not going to resonate. Authenticity and vulnerability are something that is talked about a lot. It is more important today, right now, than it ever has been, I think, Mm -hmm. because people don't want to have their time wasted. People don't want to work with people who don't care about them. (laughs) People want honesty, realness, integrity. That is so important. Right. Yeah. Cause online businesses, you know, they've been around for a little bit now, but in the beginning people were just kind of throwing everything and anything that would work. And now it's starting to be like, well, we don't, we know that's crappy marketing and we know that's being sleazy sales. So we want something more authentic, more that's real. So that's kind of what's changing now with the online business world and people are serious about it now. People are extremely serious about it. And that's another thing. If you aren't that's such a great point. If you aren't like really serious about what you're putting out there, it's probably not going to resonate. And that doesn't mean like it's serious content. You can be very serious about being extraordinarily entertaining, mm-hmm. me, but you can't just blast crap out into the world and expect it to resonate because those days are done. <laughs> yes. 
So today I am going to talk to you about marketing with authenticity and vulnerability and what that means. And then April is going to share how you can take what I've talked about and do an analysis of your numbers in your business and put it into action. So I think marketing with authenticity and vulnerability is extremely overused. We've all heard that. Like if you follow any online business people online, you've heard it a million times, but no one talks about what the heck it actually means. Mm-hmm. So we're going to just dive into that right now. <laughs> yeah. So April had a great, she just beautifully pulled up Brene Brown's um, definitions. Yeah. For us. Do you want to share Brene Brown? Yeah, stuff? for vulnerability, she says that her definition for it is feeling uncertain, uneasy, and not wanting to stick your neck out for fear of getting hurt. Um, yeah, I believe she talks about vulnerability in a lot of her books. She talks about how the best leaders are super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it just makes so much sense. Like I had a boss in my corporate world who was not vulnerable at all. She didn't let anybody be a human and everybody, nobody respected her. Nobody liked her as a leader. Everybody talked about her behind her back, like not quality leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have those people that are like here to help you extend a hand and also be imperfect in their own way. Those are the people that are amazing leaders. So being vulnerable does not make you less of a quality business owner, less of a leader. But it's also, if you're not in the practice of being vulnerable, it can be scary as all heck. (laughs) Some practice. So baby steps are fine, but you have to jump in there and take the risk. So some really concrete examples of what being vulnerable looks like. Changing your niche. I just changed my niche. I was like all horse business owners, but... I don't really connect with people who don't see the horse as a being with feelings and and opinions and like mm-hmm. your horse isn't there to make you money. Your horse is its own being and together you can work together and do amazing things. But if you're just going to dump your horse at auction when it can no longer give lessons, you're not my ideal client. So I just niche down. I call it spiritual horse business owners, but it's anyone who understands a soul connection with the horse. Most people are that way, but I want to be really clear because I was attracting some people that weren't and it was not really doing me any good things. So I got vulnerable. I changed my niche. It's been wonderful for me. Um, Sharing your true story, why you started your business, what got you into horses, that can be really scary. That's another example. Changing your business to do or offer what you truly want. Um, Actually, April, do you want to share how you kind of paired back? That was a huge step and Vulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kept saying like what my dream was for my business, and I always thought that wasn't possible. Like how many clients I want, but I want to be making a certain amount with that few amount of clients, um, and that's actually really worked out well because now I only have a few clients, and I'm at that goal income. Um, and I before I was like extremely overwhelmed. I had. Oh, closer to 10 clients and I'm having, I was constantly working late into the night and just wasn't living the life I wanted with having my own business. So that, but that was really scary to think that, Oh, I can't really just have a couple of clients and really still make that type of income. Um, I mean, my services definitely did change like their higher quality services. And um, so that's kind of where that 
led me to and it's nice that like if I need a small project now I kind of almost like send it out into the world like okay I just want I need a little more income this month or something and usually those projects kind of come in my email inbox or like somebody's always trying to connect with me um, and it's kind of weird when I say well right now I'm kind of full maybe next month or such so that's still <laughs> that's so hard, hard for me to like say, say yeah. no <laughs> no to work that's not what I'm used to so that's still a um, learning curve but that's such an you know you got extremely vulnerable in that this is what I want this is what I want to do and gosh you struggled through January, February, March, just what do I do? How do I create a program that's going to get me there? Mm -hmm. And then I feel like it was about August, September that things just started flowing for you. And that that was pretty cool to watch. So changing your business to create the life you really want is possible. It's scary. (laughs) It's possible. And that's a huge portion of being vulnerable. Um, From a contents perspective, sharing your personal life or your true like human side, sharing about your heart horse or something that you truly, truly love that complements your business, sharing about a past bad experience with a horse or a horse trainer or a horse professional that really pushed you into starting your business or taking your business in a different direction. These are those transformational stories that people will resonate with, but they are also very scary and hard to share. I got super vulnerable last year. I started my program, the cold starting pen. It's a group coaching program. It's a six month long program. And I'd never done a coaching situation where I worked with people for that long before. And I did the whole thing. I did a masterclass. I didn't know if anybody was going to come. I launched the program and I have brought now four people through that program. And it's just been so incredible. Every time I get off the calls every other week, pretty much every time I message April, like, I love the cold starting pen. It's so fun. It's just, it feels very easy to me. My clients have a lot of fun. It is one of the best decisions I've ever made in my business. And I had to stick my neck out there to get it done. So vulnerability is doing the hard thing in pursuit of what you really want. And it's wonderful. So now we're going to talk about authenticity because you can't really have one without the other with vulnerability and authenticity. Mm-hmm. So authenticity is letting go of those outside expectations that, you know, maybe you have an idea of what business owners are supposed to do or what business owners aren't supposed to do or what horse business should look like or, you know, what a lesson program should look like, what a training program should look like. But you don't really feel like those outside expectations match who you are on the inside. Um, I'm doing every call at the start of the cold starting pen. We do a meditation. A year ago, I would have said businesses are not supposed to be doing meditations in their programs, (laughs) but it's so fun. It sets the tone for the call. It gets everybody just relaxed and in the moment it has been so powerful. So that is authenticity. And I can tell you what, the first time I ever did a meditation with my clients, my heart was in my chest. And it was like one of those things where I was reading the words, but my brain wasn't really keeping up with my, my adrenaline because it was so, it felt really right, but it was so scary to put my heart out there and be like, I just pulled this thing out of my heart and I'm sharing it with you on an emotional level, not on a strategic or mental level, which is what most of my work with my clients had been so far. So authenticity, figure out who you are, who you want your business to be and go for that. Share what's on your heart. 
a lot of times I tell people when people are struggling to be like, what is that thing? You know, I think there is a thing, but what is that thing? If you're scared to share it because you think people are going to judge you, but it's what you truly want. That is what your audience needs from you more than anything. (laughs) Because today more than ever, you have to make real connections and build real relationships in your marketing, in your content. It is so, so, so important. Cold and distant marketing does not work. Just saying, you know, week one, we're going to do this. Week two, we're going to do that. Week three, we're going to do that. And being like, here's my program. Please sign up. That is dry and boring and not going to connect with people. You have to let them in. Yeah. Yeah. And if you'd like, look at the programs that you're joining or that really attract you, you, then just see like, why am I so attracted to them? And I bet you it's because they're being vulnerable they're being really authentic and you know just kind of not copying what they're doing but like just looking at those examples and maybe implementing some of those types of strategies and just kind of seeing how that's working and why we're so attracted to it that's yeah that's such a good starting point if you're like what does this mean yeah so I wrote this down before we started I think it's really important if you hold your audience at arm's length they will hold you at arm's length So I meant that by like, if you don't let people into your heart, they won't feel safe working with you and they won't take that leap. Mm -hmm. So if something is on your heart and you want to share it, share it. What's the worst that can happen? Somebody says something negative and you delete their comment and unfollow them or block them or whatever. You won't die. (laughs) But it can be so incredible for your business. Yeah. And I think what's another great thing too, like being your own maybe online business owner or even um, business entrepreneur is if you have clients and you now can be really authentic with them, like when you're on your calls or something like saying like um, if something, you know, personal is going on in your life, you can actually, you know, to say exactly what it is, but you can kind of like tell them, you know, this is what's going on. Like in a way, like, cause in corporate world, I was always scared to say anything because it's like, Oh, if I say something, I'm going to be replaced. Totally. So, once you have that great connection with your client, they completely understand. Uh, I'm not saying like you're taking all this time off or saying, you know, like I'm not, I'm just saying like, there's a little more understanding. Like you just let them know like, Hey, this is what's going on, but I'm still working hard, but I just want you to know what's happening. Yeah. And I mean, it was such a small example, but just this morning, April and I were on a call with a client and we all ended up having breakfast on the call. And I was kind of like trying to shovel my food in my mouth as quickly as possible before I got on the call. And then it just ended up not being a big deal. Like nobody cared. I was still engaged in the meeting. We said everything that needed to be said. It just was early in the morning for me and I was still having breakfast and it didn't, you know, Mm -hmm. that did not change. And so just kind of letting your walls down and being a human is fine and it's healthy and it really builds those strong relationships. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's way way better example. I was trying to like think like it doesn't have to be something crazy. It can be as small as that. But yeah, that was kind of funny. Actually, we were all like, oh, breakfast, breakfast meeting. Maybe we need to make that a tradition. (laughs) (laughs) So the last piece of your, your marketing that I want to talk about before we dive into our horsey update is false scarcity. So, um, or creating a sense of urgency that doesn't exist, right? So if you have a program with 12 spots and you really only have eight of the 12 spots left, that's fine to say because that's real. (laughs) Yeah. But if you're just like blindly increasing a price or, you know, pretending that a program's filling up when it's not or just creating 
a sense of urgency with like really strong call to actions like buy now, don't miss out, doors closing, DM me, prices going up soon, limited spots available, all that kind of stuff. It's just, it leaves people with this like scarcity feeling, scarcity energy. Yeah. The the FOMO, we do not want to use FOMO in our marketing from a very salesy perspective because it drives the people who are level and ready to do the work and centered away and it attracts people who are feeling extreme amounts of scarcity and the next thing you know your phone's blowing up at 3 a.m because that client's feeling the need to be supported in some way and you're like what the heck it's 3 a.m and i'm sleeping but your energy attracted that energy and that is now what you have in your programs yeah, you created so, that culture of the urgency. Created that you culture put of out urgency. urgency. So now they want an urgent um, response. Yeah. So one of my call to action I've been using lately that's just felt really good to me is if it feels good for you, we would love to have you in this program. And that really leaves it wide open for somebody to say no. If it's not a good fit for them, I want them to say no. So think of how can I extend an invitation instead of creating an environment that like is scaring people into joining my programs. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess so, saying it, that your program can be less attractive now that because you're not ur- sending out an urgent message to say you have to join now or you'll lose out or whatever. It's just like if, as long as like your price is right for the program too, you're going to attract still the right people that you're wanting to target you're not going to be attracting any different type of client you're probably going to be attracting an even better client because now they don't feel urgent or have a scarcity mindset so it's just going to be better for you and your client that is yeah so so true all righty let's dive into our horsey update april had a great show of vulnerability literally in december so she's going to share that with us yeah yeah so um like I said, um, we're expecting a baby. So all of November, I was very sick. But in October, I'd said I was going to do a show in December. So um, I had the barn gal kind of ride my horse, kind of get him in shape while I couldn't ride him as much. But I really wanted this show just because I wanted to get back in the show ring. And this would be my first breed show. I had never shown at a um, paint show before. They were just too far away from where we were in Georgia. But it was always like my goal to do it. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And um, so I was super vulnerable. Like I was uncertain and uneasy about doing it because I didn't get to ride as much as I had wanted to before the show. So I wasn't as prepared. Um, Personally, I don't think like I, he, my horse was in a great um, situation. Like he did really well. He listened to everything I asked. He had a great behavior at the show, which I was nervous about, but he did great. And I, um, I was nervous and I, <laughs> <laughs> I probably looked really messy, but it was okay. Cause I really like, I just stuck my neck out there and I did it. And even though it was, like fear of getting hurt, like as in like fear of, I mean, I didn't really have a fear of falling off, but like fear of, um, like people judging or something. Told that, what are you doing up there on that horse? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 That fear of that, like completely being judged, especially cause like I never, like I haven't been to a paint sh- or paint show or I haven't been to breed shows. So I don't know, like, you know, but my barn, the gal at the barn, the trainer, she was very super supportive. Um, since everyone knew I was pregnant, like she kind of helped make sure that King was not going to be a nuthead, but he wasn't, <laughs> he was perfect. He was, he did great. So, 
um, yeah, everything went really well. So I'm happy I did it. And I'm happy I stuck my neck out there. And there's a show in another two weeks that I'll probably be going to. And we're not probably not going to be still all that ready since I was home in Georgia for Christmas break. But I'm still going to go do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have your, your scores and your comments from last time. So just improve on them a little bit. <laughs> so I am not really like I, I have witnessed quite a few like schooling shows in the English world, but I really don't know about shows in the Western world. So I didn't really have any advice for April, but she was nervous about it. So I just kept saying, sit down and King will take care of you. And it sounds like he did what he was supposed to do. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen if he doesn't do that. <laughs> Kind of a little excited about the bleachers at first because you wanted to talk to everybody up there, but it was okay. Like, That's hilarious. Of course, the social gelding. Like, yeah. Let's yeah. go make friends, mom. <laughs> all my animals and my husband are all very social butterflies and I am not. So it's kind of like, okay, let's not talk that much and keep writing. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> well, MJ and I have had a very different fall but a very wonderful one for our trail riding goals um we're now trailering out pretty regularly and we're getting brave enough to kind of go places that we've never been before without um somebody who knows the trail because we made a horrible mistake of going with someone who said they knew the trail and they didn't and their horse was crazy and they didn't know where we were going and we kept ending up on these bike trails that were like these sheer rock cliffs it was horrible <laughs> You always have to have that one-time experience. Like, yeah, I've, yeah. I've had that one experience on a trail, and I was like, I'm never again. I'm never going with that type of person. Yeah, never going with that person again. And uh, MJ was super clutch and brought us all back to the trailer. I was just like, I don't know where we are, MJ, but if you are walking confidently, I'm going to just go with it. <laughs> she was great. So after that experience, the gal that was with me and I were like, well, shoot, we're not waiting for someone else to show us where to go from here on out because... That didn't work. So we have been exploring new places on our own. And knock on wood, we have not gotten lost yet. And it's been yeah. wonderful. So that's been super fun. Yeah. At first when you said uh, in this fall, I was like, wait, you fell? Oh, no, no, no. Fall season. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know you fell. Knock on wood. Not that either. Yeah, yeah knock on wood. Yeah, I'm just really looking forward to we joined a trail riding association. So I'm just looking forward to really getting to know all of our local spots really well. So hopefully MJ and I can kind of go out by ourselves by the end of the year. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm hoping to show to like March, maybe even April. We shall see. But March is my goal. And the baby's coming in June, right? Yeah. I'm due in June. The end of June? Yeah. End of June. So depending on how big I am and like how much riding I'm doing at that point, like I think King will be fine, but it's just me. Yeah. If you feel totally off balance. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, like that's what the problem was like with being sick in November is like I lost all my core muscles. So saying a canter or a lope was like kind of a pain in the butt, but yeah. made it work. You made it work. Yeah. <laughs> Just this, there's your and staying in shape program. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Your pregnancy uh-huh. workout program is loving. <laughs> yeah, really, really. Oh my goodness. All right, so after our fun horsey update we've had, we are going to kind of jump back into what um, we were talking about with authenticity and vulnerability. Um, we're going to talk about your looking at your numbers and being honest about your numbers. So when we're saying that, we're talking about those platforms that you're using, like maybe Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, any of those. LinkedIn, uh-huh. blog. 
Oh yeah, your blog, your podcast. If you're doing podcast, a podcast, yeah. yeah. There's so many. Yeah. Depending on what what source you're using to put out content, like um, looking at those numbers. And when I'm saying looking at those numbers, I'm talking about like how are they converting? Like how are you getting clients from these platforms? And when I'm saying that, do you see like are you in the message messages or DMs like? talking to people are they signing up for your programs are they signing up for your email list whatever that goal is that long-term goal is for that platform are you achieving that goal and it's not always so easy to track it really just depends like how much um what you're using for how you're trying to convert people like if you are in the messages sometimes like are you keeping a spreadsheet of when people who are converting or are you just like kind of keeping an idea? Like I'm sure it's not too hard to go through your DMS for this past year and see, okay, they converted, they converted and kind of get an idea where your time is best well spent going forward. Another way you can kind of do this is by looking at your analytics for any of the platforms, like for Facebook, I believe it's insights, um, Instagram. It's, I believe it's easier to do it on your phone and there's like, these little I think they're calling it insights now too, now that Facebook oh, okay, yeah, is not each other or whatever they are. And so both of these insights are like, calling it the same thing. <laughs> both of these insights too will tell you pretty much everything you want to know. Um, like, you know, some people always, in the past, people always wanted to know when was the best time to post. But now with this, when we're talking about authenticity and all that, we don't care so much about that but we want to know like what content best time is- to post is when you're around to interact with the post yes exactly um but we want to know like what content is kind of reaching people like what what are they really resonating with uh, and like maybe how long are they watching these videos or how long especially like for your stories are they actually liking your stories are they interacting with your stories if you're doing them on instagram or facebook um insights is really great with that um just for an example i um pulled up a client's facebook page and i wanted to know like what's doing better are images or videos doing well and this will help us understand what kind of content we should be creating in the future especially because we have so many launches that we're doing in this new year for her um and it'll help us with facebook ads and even just so much understanding um so for her, videos do super well. Um, that could also be because she's on YouTube. So a lot of people that follow her on Facebook possibly also follow her on YouTube. So that kind of, I can kind of make some of those content from her in that form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is like, yeah. Cool. And she's even like, now she's joined TikTok. So that's like another video platform for her. So that's really great for her to, you know, probably test that out because she has been putting out so much video content in the past few years. You know, obviously her, loyal fans really appreciate that type of content. Um, I know for me, I like to watch video when I'm trying to like figure out how to train a certain thing or work with my horse in a certain way. So I, I know myself, I like watching videos when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would have a very hard time doing that from like a blog or a post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. It's like, okay, how am I doing this again? Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, but for like, even like for posts, um, when regular posts, I kind of like to look at like what type of images were in those posts, um, what was being said in that post, um, and then kind of like should we replicate something similar to that? What should we do moving forward, especially with the launches? Is there anything around these topics that were um, really a hot topic or that people really engaged with and with the reach? Because when I look at these posts, I can see how many people it reached, how many people engaged with it, um, and how many people like did their reactions, like if they liked it. 
shared it, left comments. So all those fun things you can find out in your analytics that will help you understand how to move forward in the next year. Just kind of spending a couple, I would almost say maybe spend an hour in here, like any, any of the platforms that you're using and just put a little bit of effort in it and it'll really pay off for the new year. Yeah. Another content creation tip that I like to use is you look at the post that got the most comments and then see what people are saying. And they should be, you know, substance comments, not just like claps and hearts and yeses and nos or whatever. Um, that would be like an engagement baiting post, which there's a place for those. But I mean, like the post that got people really sharing, like, oh yeah, I struggle with this or, oh yeah, I really loved it when that happened. And then you use similar words or the same words and create a post Mm -hmm. off of what they say those always do really really well for me and my clients yeah what another now that you said that what a great thing too is like if you have a product-based business um, a lot of times like I've heard where you can go on some of these websites that maybe they sell a very similar product and you can go to reviews and see how people are reviewing them and like trying to turn that around into content and um, people what are are people saying in a bad way and in a good way and like what can you say and turn that around for your own posts and content because obviously that's a hot topic for that type of product and so you mentioning it would probably really blow up in a way that's awesome yeah i mean you could do that for a service business too mm-hmm. yeah true. Reviews and mm-hmm. see what people are saying that will give you an idea of like what people don't like about your industry and allow you to address it and also highlight the good stuff yeah oh. definitely Awesome. So was it, it was video that did the best for her. Do you have yeah. like mm-hmm. an example of a topic that did really well that you can share with us? Yeah. Let me see. We're making April do analytics analysis. Well, this time. one is kind of like an entertaining <laughs> one. It was like uh, the cutest thing you've ever seen. Like, and it was like a mini horse doing some funny things. I mean, we all love mini horses, even if we don't have a mini horse. <laughs> awesome. Yes. It was kind it. of like an entertaining thing, something that's lighthearted. So. Yes. Oh, and that's a really important thing to bring up is, your lighthearted, um, probably not business related content is going to do the best. <laughs> that doesn't mean you should never share sales content. Your sales content will probably perform not as well as your adorable video of a mini, but it's still sharing that adorable video of the mini gets you out there. gets people thinking about you. Your sales content will resonate with the people who it's supposed to resonate with, even if it doesn't get as much. Right. Yeah. Your, your lightheartedness will kind of help you probably even get in front of colder audience because now it's going to be shared a lot and um, people are going to see it a lot more. So then when it's time for that sales post and now maybe a newer audience is seeing it because that other post reached the cold audience. Exactly. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, we hope this episode kind of gave you some clarity as you move into marketing your business in 2021 Sometimes it's hard to get brutally honest about what's working because maybe you're really emotionally invested into growing your Instagram platform, but then you look at it and you realize it hasn't brought in you a client in three years. Maybe it's time to let that one go. So that can be hard, but it's also so important to focus on the stuff that is doing well and working for you and put your efforts into being authentic and vulnerable into places that is going to connect with the right people. So go out, get that done. And if you really get tough with yourself and get it done, it could lead you toward a very successful year. Yes. Thanks again for listening to this podcast episode. To find out more information on our podcast episodes, make sure you check out our website, reigninyourherd.com. 
You can also find us on multiple social media platforms such as YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. I'm April Hardiman, and I'm the owner of Make It Rain, where I help equine businesses grow ex their exposure online, either through social media, email marketing, SEO, membership websites, or all the techie stuff. I'm just your average tech-savvy equestrian. And if you want to know how to grow your herd, make sure you go check out my Facebook group called Grow Your Herd. And I'm Laura, the word wrangler. I help horse business owners grow their online communities without being slimy, salesy, or sleazy. I love writing and telling online stories and teaching other people to do the same. So that's exactly what I do through my business, Unbridled Content Marketing. If you want to learn more about creating a community around your business, come check out my Facebook group, The Word Wranglers Community.